Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, good morning, Radiant Church. Are you excited to be at church at one of our locations today? I haven't had a chance to meet you. My name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We are one church in six locations. They're all joining us right now. Those in North Tampa, those in St. Petersburg at the Heights, at Brandon, online, here in South Tampa, in Overflow. Man, we love you guys. I'm glad you're at church. And I want us to give a special shout out today. We normally shout out our guests, and we do love you guys. Uh, I just want to give a special shout out. I was thinking about all of those dream teamers who showed up early, some of them at 5 a.m., 6 a.m. this morning, setting up the location that you're at. Man, some of them right now serving, ministering to your children. We have the best dream team in the world. Can we give them a big celebration right now? We love it. As Katie talked about in the video right there, we are coming up in June on our annual expansion offering, and I just want you guys to be praying about it. Uh, these are funds that we're going to use to really get prepared for what we believe is going to be a harvest this fall, so that all these projects are above and beyond our normal budget. There are things that we're going to do to improve our children's area and our facilities. I announced last week our Brandon location, got a brand new building, so we're going to be putting money into that. Um, all of our locations have incredible projects that if if you give towards that location, it goes in that community. So St. Pete goes to St. Pete, South Tampa goes to South Tampa, North Tampa to North Tampa, and so on. And one of them that all of our locations are doing, it will come up in July. And I just want you to know, so that you can set your annual vacation around it, is our annual serve day. And it's one of the best days. I'm believing this year it'll be our biggest and best ever. Um, we normally have hundreds and hundreds of people serving. I think this year, how about we have thousands of people serving across Tampa Bay. We have projects all over, and to fund those projects, the money will come out of our, our expansion offering. So thank you guys for giving generously towards it. July the 10th, we will do our, um, our annual uh, serve day, so be ready for it. All kids, all, all ages and stages will be able to serve in that, and I think we will make a difference in Jesus' name. Who's with me? Say yes. All right, take out those sermon notes or open that app up. We are in part four of a series we are calling Battle Ready, Battle Ready. And what we have been doing is we've been helping you really understand this idea of spiritual warfare. And the response we've gotten for the first three weeks has been overwhelming, where people go, man, I felt like, man, I've been under that attack. I didn't know how to find victory, and you're starting to find victory. And we're going to get into the details of a victorious life over these next six weeks, because we are going to go through each of the six pieces of the armor of God. I've never, in 20-something years of following Jesus, studied this passage as much as I'm studying it right now, and I'm loving every minute of it. So come every single week ready to go, ready to take notes, and we're going to pick up on where Pastor Stephen Chandler, who did a great job last week, left off in verse 13, and I hope you're reading this daily. Let it get into your system, but let's see it right there on the screen, verse 13, and it says it like this, therefore... Put on the full armor of God. Now, I think that's important because so many times, um, many of us leave out different parts of it. And we pick or choose. And I don't know if you've ever had that dream like I've had where you show up to some place in the dream and when you show up, uh, you left your pants at home or your shirt's off. Like, I've had those moments. It actually, it, like, it frightens me. It scares me because I think about it all the time. Whenever I show up to the gym early in the morning, it's like 6 a.m. and I show up and before I even open the door, I look down, I'm like, did I remember my pants today? Like, that's important. 
But I, I think that's the key with this verse is like, man, remember to put it all on, make sure it's all part of who you are. And then it says it like this, so that you may stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, and I'm believing that we're raising up a church that is willing to stand their ground. When everybody else is on shaky ground, the church should be on solid rock. Can I hear a good amen today, church? And so I'm believing that we're going to have a church that stands firm. And then it says it like this, and after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then, and then it gives us our first piece of armor and this is so crucial because i want us to understand this because you might overlook it very often when you read this write it down your notes we're going to talk today about what's called the belt of truth the belt of truth it says man put that belt of truth around your waist the belt of truth what is it and why would they put it first well i'm not much of a belt guy never been into like buying like nice belts or designer belts and i rarely wear a belt right here on the stage i'm just not much of a belt guy but um belts are very important you know i heard a comedian say how you know uh, he doesn't understand belts because a belt holds up your pants but it, the pant belt loops hold up the belt so we don't know who the real champion is in all of this deal <laughs> that's funny right there so the belt comes in all shapes and sizes. I got some here today to try to connect with you guys. Maybe some of you guys, this is kind of the belt you would wear. It's more of the accessory belt. This is maybe our St. Pete, some of our South Tampa community. You know, you wear this. By the way, this is a ripoff, um, just so you know. Like, uh, uh, and so you just wear your little, your little belt, and you want to show it off to everybody. And, oh, look how fancy I am. And, and, and some of y'all might not connect with this, but you might. your accessory belt looks a little bit different. Maybe you're in the branding community. It looks more a little bit like this. Uh, can we just uh, <laughs> come on you guys plant city but you did you, you know you got your belt and you, you put this on you want everybody to know man who I am I love my country you're so awesome so that, that's your accessory belt that's one type of belt there uh, there's other belts that are like award belts man you ever gonna fight and this is not a fighting belt this is a this is our dream team champion belt but come on you ever been in a fight and you got some championship you wear your belt you wear it proud you're like look at this I won this thing people are in title fights gonna get the belt that they you know to show everybody look I'm the victor and that's another kind of belt, but it's, it's not the belt Paul is talking about. Uh, another one is kind of a belt that would go along with your job. So some of you guys, man, this would be your tool belt right here. Now, I had to borrow this one because I don't own one. Because <laughs> your boy uh, can, uh, doesn't know how to work a tool. So, so mine, uh, mine, you know, this for, uh, for me would just be, you know, having this in here. That's my tool. <laughs> Uh, it's Pellegrino, by the way, for locations, in case you can't read it, like, this guy's drinking a Heineken on the stage. No, no, not that kind of church, but you got, you got your tool belt, that's another kind of belt, and, 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 you know, people reading this could go, okay, it's a belt that has, you know, different tools in action, but that's kind of, and that's not the belt that Paul is talking about, and I want to give you the idea, because Paul was in prison when he wrote this, and he's writing to this church in Ephesus, and while he's sitting there in prison, there would have been a Roman guard sitting there watching over him and as he's watching over him he's able to describe the armor of this roman guard and i want to show you the picture because i want you to see the belt of truth now this is a picture they asked me to model for so i'm in this one it's not true not true at all this guy's pretty jacked but um 
So you have the, all the pieces of the armor, and if, you, if you're not careful, you'll miss the whole belt of truth, because you can see the helmet there, you can see the tools, but right there, you'll see those two little straps going around the waist, right there, and that would be what's called the belt of truth. And what the belt of truth would be, it would be a piece of the armor that would go on that would actually hold the rest of the armor in, in place. Why would they need this? Well, the Roman soldiers of that day would be holding somewhere around 70 to 80 pounds of armor on their body for 12 to 15 hours a day. And as they're holding this heavy armor, if they didn't have the belt of truth on, it wouldn't be able to hold it all in a place and wouldn't be able to do what I believe the belt is for. And really, if you're taking notes, you can write it down because here's what the belt did. The belt stabilizes and strengthens the core. So it's not an accessory belt. It's not an award belt. It's, it's more of what the people would call today of a weightlifting belt. It would be the idea that, man, I'm about to carry something really heavy, and I'm going to need something in my life that I can put on that as I carry this thing, it's going to stabilize my body so that I can carry what I need to carry. Can I tell some people today what God wants you to carry, the potential, the destiny on your life? It's too heavy for you to carry by yourself. You need something that will stabilize you. That will keep you strong. Come on, give them better praise than that today, church. And the enemy knows how important this is. Because if you've ever gone through a moment where you've ever had any kind of health problems and you try to get into some physical therapy or go see a chiropractor or a personal trainer, they're always going to start with the same thing. They're going to say, listen, everything in your body is connected with how strong your core is. Your core matters. And if your core is stabilized, if it's strong, you're able to walk better, you're able to stand up more straight, you will have less back problems. Why? It all starts with the core. So Paul says, listen, if you're going to be a soldier in this spiritual battle, you've got to have a belt on that'll stabilize you when you're in battle. And let me just say this. This is why the enemy is attacking your life right now, because a lot of you guys, you found yourself in the midst of a battle and the first thing that goes is you find yourself all unstable everything's falling apart why because you need a belt on in your life that'll stabilize you during the battles of life and what is the belt he told us to put on it's not any random belt it's not a belt to show off it's not a belt to prove who we are no 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 he uses this one word and it's this word called truth he says truth he goes listen here's what you need to put on in your life you need to put on truth. I, you, need to, you need to wrap truth around your waist. And if you have truth right, then guess what? Everything in your life will stabilize no matter how hard the fight is. Write it down your notes this way because you need to know what truth is. Truth is an objective standard by which reality is measured. So truth is not how you feel. It's not even what you believe. It doesn't matter how sincere you are about it because how many know you can be sincere and you can be sincerely wrong? And there's a lot of that today. And what is the tactic of the enemy in our world today? It's to come in and to immediately attack truth. Let me get them to attack truth. Now, now this is what he does. 
He lets us doubt God. We say statements like, I don't know if that commitment really even meant something. I don't know if I really felt God in that service. I don't know if God really is who he says he is. What is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to get you to release truth off of your life. And when you release that truth off your life, guess what? The rest of the armor becomes unstable. So you might have the sword in your hand, but you can't use it appropriately because you've already given up truth. It's good preaching. I know they're shouting me down in North Tampa. But I, I need you to understand this because you've got to realize how important this piece of armor is. Write it on your notes this way because truth, it's what stabilizes the believer during battle. And a lot of you guys are in the midst of a war and that's what the enemy's done. He's attacked your life. God isn't who he really said he is. The Bible isn't God's word. Jesus isn't really God's son. You aren't really called. You see, he brings in lie after lie after lie. Why? He's trying to get you to doubt truth. John 8 says it this way, talking about the enemy of our soul. He, talking about the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding on to what? Truth. Right there. He's not holding on to truth for there's nothing that's true in him. When he lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. What is he doing? He's trying to deceive your life every single day, bringing lie after lie after lie, which is, by the way, why you need to constantly be in church as much as you can be. Why? Because the world is bombarding you with lie after lie, and it's important that every single week, the first day of the week, Sunday, that you gather in God's church and say, okay, I'm ready to receive truth in my life because I want to know what is that objective standard that I'm to live by because it's not how I feel. It's not how I think. I want to know what is actually right in my life. Amen. And you need to understand this because write it down your notes because the devil deals in deception. That's right. And he here's what he wants to do. He wants to deceive your life and he wants you to get you to doubt truth. Here's the problem with being deceived, ready? The problem with being deceived is you don't know it. You don't know it. So you could really believe something is right and be deceived and you're wrong. And I think that's the state a lot of Christians find themselves in today. It reminds me of the show, uh, What Not to Wear. You don't remember this show? where they would have somebody that, you know, they would, they would volunteer their friend or their coworker or their cousin or their boyfriend or girlfriend, and they would go on the show and they would say, hey, we're gonna, we gotta change your outfit. Your outfits are terrible. And they would go, no, our outfits are awesome. Like, you're amazing. And their first step in this process was they would take the person and they would put them up in front of a bunch of mirrors. Like, like I, I think it's important, like you get this imagery. I think we got the picture right up here. Like, this is what they would look like. And so they put them up in a bunch of mirrors. I, I think we need to do this with some of our worship team, huh? Like, look, I'm, so, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm old. I don't know what's cool anymore. So um, that's funny. In every location, they're like, all right. I'm sure it's cool, guys. I am. So, um, so you would, they would show you different angles, and they'd go, look, look what you look like. Have you ever been in an argument with someone, and you're showing them how crazy they are? Like, don't you see this? You're really believing this? And you're showing them different angles, and no matter how many angles they look at it, they, they still don't know that they're wrong. Why? Because when you're deceived, you're, you're really deceived. So what you need is you need an objective standard outside of yourself. 
to be able to compare it to. So what they would bring in, they would bring in the fashion icons and bring them in and go, no, 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 as someone that is an expert in fashion, you're wearing a crazy outfit right now. Let me help you out in this. And their truth would end up changing them and helping the light bulb come on. And I'm going to help some people today who your life feels very unstable. And I'm going to help reveal some truth to you so that you can walk in stability no matter what battle you're in. So let me give you three keys about truth. Write it down in your notes. First of all, is that truth is absolute. And this is important for us because we live in a world where people think that truth is just whatever you want to believe, whatever you think is okay. Here's the statement I hear all the time. Hey, you just do you. You heard that? You do you. Hey, Hey, that's great. Hey, it works for you. Church works for you. You do you. You do you, I do me, and we all, we're, all, we're all happy, we're all good. The problem with that is that's not the reality. The reality is this, if something's true, whether you believe in it or not, the truth still stands. Can you imagine if we lived in that kind of world when it came to gravity? Like, oh, oh, oh gravity? Oh, you do you. For me, I can fly. You're crazy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because no matter how much you believe it or not, the reality, the truth of gravity is something that no matter what the place is, no matter what the time is, no matter what your background is, no matter how sincere you think you are, the reality is gravity works. And it's the same when it comes to absolute truth. And here's the problem, that when it comes to millennials and Gen Z, the next couple generations, one third of them would say this statement, that something can be absolutely true for you and totally untrue for me. How? How is that possible? How is it possible that we live in a world that celebrates relativism in that way to think, you know what, you just figure it out on your own? And here's the issue with it. I know this isn't popular, but let me just bring it to the light. It's that for something to be true, something else has to be false. And we're in a world where we're trying to please everybody and make everybody like us. And we're tolerant of every other idea out there. And because of that, we have a hard time saying something is false. And we wonder why the world is so unstable. Let me say it a different way. We wonder why Christians are so unstable. It's because we live our life in such a way where we're not able to call truth, truth, and things that are lies, lies. And I think it's about time we start buckling that belt a little bit tighter around our life so that we can walk in victory in spiritual warfare. We need a little bit of discernment in our life to figure out because we're in a world that nobody knows what's true anymore. I love what Charles Spurgeon says. This is a good challenge for us as Christians. Ready? He says, discernment is not knowing the difference between what's right and wrong. It's knowing the difference between what is right and almost right. That right there, my friends, is the issue when we're dealing with today. Because what we do is we mix in truth into, of God's word, the truth of who God is, into our crazy beliefs, into our crazy ideas. Can I just be your pastor? I just, a minute and a half, okay? 90 seconds. Let me step on a little bit of toast. Because what I'm very concerned with today is that we have now elevated the crazy ideas and conspiracies that we're in right now with the truth of God's word. So now I have believers, God-honoring Christians who are posting on social media really, you know, 
absolute truths. Jesus is the only way. You know, you know, you know, you need to get back into church and, and you need to give your life to Christ. And they're posting that, but they're at the same time, can I just be real? They're posting all these crazy ideas. And the world is watching us and they're going, you're equating this that you read on some random weird, weird website with their absolute truths of what the Bible teaches and you're mixing them weirdly together and we're saying, oh, it's all true and, and I'm firmly behind this and I'm firmly behind this. And what it does, listen to me very clearly because it's a big passion of mine, it's making Christians look gullible. And we're involved in some weird stuff right now. Can I just be real across all locations? Like the stuff I'm hearing Christians write about and tweet about and, and oh man, what's going on behind the scene? Listen, I love a good conspiracy better than anybody. We could talk about it over coffee, but please don't count it as true. Don't put it up there with the absolute truths of God's word. When we do that and we mix politics and different random articles you read with the truth of God's word, it makes us all look crazy. And what I'm worried about is the church of Jesus Christ doesn't look solid right now. We look crazy. This should not be our backbone. We should be a soldier that is wrapped in absolute truth of who God is. This is what we promote. This is what holds us together. And I won't give details because I don't want to get all weird and let you guys get all offended. But can I just encourage you guys? Be very careful of what you are out there promoting as true today. Be very, 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 very careful when it's outside of who God is and what's clear in his word. Number two, we need to understand this, that truth can be known. And this is a big issue today because when I deal with, with millennials and when I deal with Gen Z, there's this whole world out there today that they go, Aaron, I don't even know what, what to believe. I, I get it. I, I, if there's one situation that's, you know, that's happening around the world, any situation, you can name it. You can watch one news channel, it'll say one thing. You watch another news channel, it'll say the exact opposite. And you sit there today and go, well, I know which one is real. I don't know if we really do. I don't know if we do. I think we're all kind of just wrapped up in the, well, this one is my bias and this one maybe it's, it's anti my bias. But the next generation is growing up thinking we have no clue who to believe anymore. We have no clue who to believe. Because how do we know what is actually real? Well, the only way to know what is actually true about any situation is to get back to the origin to the very beginning. So if you have a car accident and you have two people, you know, seeing it from different angles, you don't know which one is true until you try to get back to the original car accident and go, okay, what actually happened? Here's what you know. The closer you are to truth is when you're closer to the origin, to the beginning. And the further you get away from the beginning, guess what? The further you get out from truth. Remember the game telephone? Where, you know, you would say it, and then it would say it again, and it would say it again, and it would say it again, and what happened? By the time it's out here, it's crazy. It's like something so far. Why? Because it's so disconnected from the origin. So, how do we find out what's true or not? We got to get to the origin. Well, how do we know what's the beginning? We know from the scriptures, God is the beginning. He's the beginning of all things. So, the only way to know truth is to know God. To know him in a real way. Well, you go, Aaron, of course, that's the church answer. How, how are we supposed to do that? Because if you ask 20 people what God thinks about a certain issue, 20 of you will give 20 different examples of how God supports your way. So how do we know what's true or it's not? Well, I have good news. I have the answer for you. That's why you're at church today. Amen. And the Bible says it this way. Hebrews chapter 1 could be one of the most important passages in the scripture. 
And I want you to see this. In the past, this is talking about the Old Testament. Let's talk about uh, the thousands of years before this is written. God spoke to our ancestors, and here's what he did. He spoke to them through the prophets. So we understand this. Moses, that's why he spoke to them through Moses and David and Isaiah. He spoke through those prophets. And many times, and in many various ways. But in these days, the last days, he has spoken to us by his son, okay? Whom he appointed heir of all things. And then watch this, because this could change everything, ready? And who, through whom he also made the universe. The son, talking about Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory. And here's the phrase, if you underline your Bible, this is the phrase I want you to underline. And the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Okay, I want you to understand why this is important. Because you guys, you want some Bible teaching? Here it is, ready? You want to know God because God is truth. How do we know what God looks like or what God would do? Well, we have the exact representation of his being mentioned in the scriptures. And we know who he is and his name is Jesus. And Jesus came along and confirmed what Hebrews is saying. And he said this statement, because I am the way, I am the, and I am the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through me. People have this crazy picture of Jesus. This is like, this like, you know, you know, just little shepherd with little sheep on his arms and perfect, you know, uh, Pantene Pro-V hair and just walking around and, and then, and then no, Jesus said this statement. By the way, this is not a pastor who said this. This is not a denomination who said this. It's not, this is Jesus made what could be the most exclusive statement in the history of mankind. You want to know truth? I'm truth. And nobody gets to the Father except through me. That's an intense statement. But I would say it's not only exclusive. I would say it's also the most caring statement in the world. Because if he would have said, just go find your own way, I'm sure you'll get there on your own. This is what we teach in our world today. Just, just you do you, I'll do me. No, 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 the exact representation of God said this, you follow me and if you follow me, you will always be in truth. You wanna know how to find truth in your life? We have it. Truth, write it down in your notes, is a person and his name is Jesus. Come on, we need to give him better praise than that today at every one of the locations. He's a person and his name is Jesus. So I need to help set this straight because we are doing things and we are acting certain ways because we think it's okay because we found ways to justify our own means. But I want you to wrap the belt of truth around you today and realize it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter how everybody else feels. It doesn't matter culture's opinion. It doesn't matter how many people voted for it to be okay. Truth is defined by one thing. Would Jesus do it? That's truth. Is Jesus okay with it? So let me give you a statement. Let me help you. Because I'm going to make this very practical before we go today. Because I want us to be a church that's founded on truth. And we got a lot of different opinions and a lot of different backgrounds. So how do we do this? Because there's some things you don't know. Like, you know, there's some things we don't know. What car would Jesus drive? And, you know, what, you know what, which way Jesus would vote? Everybody's got their opinions on everything. But I think there's a statement we can live by that'll help set it all straight that we need to bring into our church today. And here, here's the statement. And it's simply these four letters that you may not have ever heard of. If you grew up in church, you probably heard about it. But for some reason, 
this idea is no longer cool. And I am on a mission today at Radiant Church to make this cool again. And it's just simply the statement, WWJD. Now, some of you guys didn't grow up to church and you're like, is that a website, pastor? No, it's not a website. I want to help you because this is how I figure out what is truth in my life. And I really think it's a, it's a principle that you can live by that'll lead you and guide you into all truth. And if you don't know what this stands for, let me help you out with it. It stands for this. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Now, what would Jesus do in that situation? Because if Jesus is the exact representation of God, then we understand that Jesus is absolute truth, then I'm going to live my life not by what I feel is okay, I'm gonna live my life with the foundational statement, what would Jesus do in this situation? How would Jesus treat my spouse? How would Jesus raise these children? How would Jesus care for the poor? Well, my political party believes this is okay. I don't care about your political party. I care about what would Jesus do about it. Let's live his way and not your way. Well, I think this thing is okay in my life. Jesus, would he think it's okay? Because Jesus confronted issues because he understood how serious sin is and he understood how incredible his grace is at the same time. We're going to live it based on what Jesus said. So Radiant, can we be this church that lives in such a way that Jesus is our standard of truth and everything? It's our objective standard of how we lead. So we have a pray first culture. We all get that. Like we wear these all over town. We see each other in random spots of town and we're like, I spot you. I spot you. Like we're some kind of weird cult. Yeah, I know. We see them all over. And I love it. And I want us to be a pray first culture. But I'm going to do something today. I'm going to change the whole game. I want you to have a pray first bracelet on one hand. Always. But today we are making these things cool again and we're gonna give out WWJD bracelets at every location on your way out today. We got all kinds of colors and all kinds of styles so you can get one. But I want you to do this. I want you to think about this throughout the day. I want you to think about, I'm gonna pray first and then I'm gonna think, what does Jesus do in this situation? Praying first invites God into the situation. WWJD brings wisdom into the situation. God, I'm not going to do it based on what I think. I'm going to do it based on the standard of God's truth, which is his son named Jesus. Come on, give him better praise than that. Amen. We got to make WWJD cool again, ladies and gentlemen. Because you know why? Because I'm tired of people living in such a way that they go, well, I just feel like this is okay. Would Jesus be fine with it? Would Jesus? And there's, and let me just, I'm not going to get political, but let me just say this. There's way too many areas of our life that we're way more American than we are like Jesus. I know people don't like to hear that. We are way more Republican or way more Democrat than we are Jesus. Let us get back to the fact that as a church, our objective standard of truth is if Jesus will do it, I'll do it. If Jesus would talk that way, I'll talk that way. If Jesus would post that, I will post that. If Jesus would send that text, I'll send that text. And I think, you know, there's always the gray areas with Jesus, but I'm telling you, we would solve 99% of our problems today if the church of Jesus Christ would wrap that bracelet around their wrist and wrap that belt of truth around their body. Just say, we're gonna do it the way Jesus wants to do it. Come on, help me out, church. Give them better praise, amen? I almost thought about if money wasn't an issue, I'd get you all weightlifting belts that just had WWJD bracelets. 
just walking around with them all day long, stabilizing my life. But I think this works too. It's like a little belt, all right? Take one on your way out. And you go, well, I need three of them. Well, Jesus wouldn't take three. Your pastors. <laughs> one. Truth. Number three. And we'll close with this one. The truth hurts. The truth hurts. I don't know if you've ever had been confronted with truth before. I kind of run from it at times. Some people are like, hey, pastor, I want you to know what, you know the truth about that sermon. And then I'm like, you can tell me that. Just don't tell me right when I get off the stage. <laughs> it hurts at times. Truth hurts. We've all been confronted by that mentor, by that friend, by that pastor. And, and that truth hurt. It hurt us for a second. Truth always is going to hurt us because, you know, we have a little bit of pride. We have, we have ways that we think are correct. And, and I don't know if you've had this happen where I've been in the middle of an argument and I realized I'm wrong. And I'm like, okay, how do I backpedal out of this thing? <laughs> Truth hurts. And I want you to know, if you attend Radiant Church, and I'll just say this with all love, if you attend Radiant Church, you're going to be confronted at times with truth. Every single Sunday. And sometimes you're going to cheer me on and go, yes, pastor. And sometimes you're going to get in your seat and go, oh, that hurts. But I want you to know, my job is not to make you comfortable, it's to make you better. I think there's way too many Christians that are comfortably on their way to an eternity away from God. Because they're comfortably not making a difference in the world today. They're comfortably destroying their marriage. They're comfortably not investing in their kids. They're comfortably dealing with their finances. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be comfortable. I want to be right. And sometimes when you're right, you have to be understand it's going to hurt a little bit. So don't run out of the church because we preach truth. Embrace it knowing that I'm going to be at a place that sometimes I'm going to hear some stuff and it's going to, it's going to challenge me. Because I'll tell you this, I love studying church growth and church history. There's a whole generation of churches and denominations that have made a decision to go, well, we just don't want to hurt anybody and offend anybody. So let's water down the truth and not speak what God says, instead speak what culture says is okay. And let me tell you what those churches are doing right now. They're empty and they're dying. Why? Because listen, you, you understand, you're not here to feel good. You're here to get better. Sometimes that truth is going to hurt. So I might preach some stuff over the next year, two, three years, and you might go on Sunday and go, oh, man, Pastor, I don't agree with that. But if it's truth, let it change you. Don't change God's word to meet your lifestyle. Change your lifestyle to be in line with God's word. Truth hurts. I can't give you good news. It always helps. It always helps. Because if you're going to live your life in line with God's word, it's going to hurt at times, but it's going to always help you to move forward to what God has for you. It's going to help you get a better marriage. It's going to help you not make the same mistake over and over again. It's going to help you walk in generosity. It's going to help you defeat sin in your life. The truth hurts, but it always helps. So don't run from it. Embrace it. The Bible says it like this. Then you will know the truth. Talk about Jesus. And guess what he's going to do to your life? The truth will set you free. So I know it's easier to do it other ways. I know it's easier just to say everything is okay, but that's not right. We're going to know the truth at Radiant Church, and the truth will set you free. Write it down, last note, and then we're going to worship for a few minutes today. It's that it is God's truth, not man's ideas, that set people free. Remember that this week. When you lean into WWJD and it's easier to just do it your own way, you remember, no, 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 it's God's truth. 
It's doing it the way Jesus wants me to do it. That's going to be the thing that sets people free. Which, by the way, can I just say this? This is why I love to worship. Because when I love to worship, guess what? It gets me closer to God. It puts my focus on the truth of Him. And when I get to know Him more, guess what? As I worship, I get set free. Why? Because I'm knowing the truth, and the truth sets me free. Because the more I know about the truth of who God is, then God in return helps me know the truth of who I am and who I'm able to be through Him, which is someone who is free and free indeed. Come on, can we give Him better praise? Amen. So let's do this. At every location, can we stand on our feet? Nobody moving around. We're going to dismiss in just a minute. But I think the Holy Spirit is going to do something big in each of your lives right now. Can we just close our eyes and put our attention on the God who is truth? The one who loves you and died for you. The one who the angels are, are circling his throne right now in heaven, crying out holy. He's the God who it was and is and is to come. He's the truth that we can base our life off of. So just ask him right now. Say, God, let me draw closer to you. Let me focus this moment on you. Let me lean into your truth. And in return, would you set me free in Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's sing it at every location. Let's make it a time of worship. Spirit is speaking to you about right now. Some of you, you've been running from some truth, maybe even truth that family has confronted you with, stuff the Lord's been speaking to you about, you've been avoiding it in your life, realizing that, man, that's the truth that'll stabilize your life. Just make a decision. Say, God, whatever you put your finger on, whatever you highlight in my life, let me live in such a way that I can be wrapped in your truth. Not living in deception, not living based on my opinions or based on my feelings, but wrapped in the truth of who Jesus is and how he wants me to live. Every eye closed, every head bowed, there's another group that's here today. You're at North Tampa, you're at St. Pete, you're there at Brandon and the Heights online here in South Tampa, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You see, truth is a person and his name is Jesus. The start of all of this is for you to surrender your life to him. Say, God, I can't do it my way. I got to do it your way. And when you accept him in, the Bible says he stands at the door of your heart and he knocks. And if you'll just open it up and let him in, 
He'll change your life. He'll bring you from the lies you're in to the de- from the deception you're in to the victory and freedom that he has for you. But it starts with a simple yet significant decision to give your life to him. If that's you today, I want you to respond. I want you to respond in faith. On the count of three, I'm going to ask who you are, and I'm going to have you raise your hand. You might think, man, that's, that's, that's a big step for me. But I'm telling you, it's a major step of faith for you to say, I'm surrendering my life to Christ. It can change your life forever. If that's you on the count of three, throw the hand up. One, two, three. Throw the hand up. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, dozens here in South Tampa. Thank you there online. Thank you at North Tampa and Brandon. Put that hand right back down. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus. Oh, say it all of us. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Today, I make a decision to lean into truth, to give you my life, my past, my present, and my future. Forgive my sins. Give me a fresh start. And for the rest of my life, I'm going to follow you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, come on, let's celebrate those lives that just got saved for eternity. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.